Acts chapter 3, let's all stand this evening. We want to read the first 11 verses, Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. By the way, that's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, most Baptist churches, if you start service at 3 o'clock, preacher be by himself, so... And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. And who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them into the, in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for the reading of your blessed word tonight, Lord. And I'm thankful, Lord, for what you did in my life, God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you saved me. Lord, and I don't have to go to hell tonight, and I praise God for, for what you've done for me. And I pray like tonight, I pray, Lord, that the, there's somebody here in the condition that I was, God lost and undone, I pray that you convict their heart, let them know, uh, that there is a Savior to be had. God, we love you. We thank you for what, all you will do, all you have done. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I want to preach tonight just a few minutes, and I promise I, I will do my best not to keep you very long. But I want to preach on this thought, at the right place, looking for the wrong things. At the right place, looking for the wrong things. Just by way of introduction tonight, uh, if you read your Bible back through the book of Acts, last couple of chapters, you'll find... In chapter 2, that they've received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Those disciples received the Holy Ghost. Those that in the upper room. Peter has preached and 3,000 souls were saved on the day of Pentecost. What a blessing that would be to see 3,000 souls at one time uh, get saved by the grace of God. And the Bible says that they were getting saved daily. Uh, daily adding to the church. How would that be? That every time we meet together, somebody comes and gets saved by the grace of God, gets added into the church of the living God. Uh, what a blessing that would be. Now, first of all, see, 3,000 souls get saved, and then every time you meet together, somebody else gets saved. Amen? And they were in house to house, going from house to house, preaching the gospel, uh, listen, of Jesus Christ, which is what you and I ought to be doing in our life, going from house to house, uh, from person to person, uh, telling them of the goodness of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. You say, well, I don't know much about the Bible. You don't have to know much about the Bible to be a witness. You've got to know what happened to you. That's it. If you know what happened to you, you've got enough gospel in you to save the whole world. Amen? So they received the Holy Ghost. Peter's priest, 3,000 souls got saved. People getting saved every day, praising God everywhere they go. Amen? I appreciate a, a group of people that are praise God anywhere they go. Amen? But in the midst of all that excitement that, they, that they've experienced and what God's doing in their life, in the midst of all that, here's a lame man uh, laid at the gate of the temple. Can I tell you something tonight? There's always somebody in need at the house of God. There's always somebody that needs something from the Lord. There's always somebody that needs a helping hand. 
There's always somebody that needs an encouraging word. There's always someone that needs you to, lift, to, to reach down and lift them up, whether it be with words or with, with a deed or with something that you do. Listen, uh, so there's always somebody at the house of God that needs help. Amen. And here, no different. This man had been laid there uh, at the temple, at the gate called Beautiful. And, uh, but for, listen, I want, you, I want to tell you something tonight. But for God's grace in our life, that would be us. But for God's grace in, that, in our life, listen, it's prayer meeting time, like I said, 3 o'clock in the afternoon at the ninth hour. And uh, listen, probably most of y'all would be there, but I've, I've preached in a lot of churches uh, that most of them wouldn't be there, amen? Uh, but I appreciate y'all for being in the house of God, and I appreciate the good number on a Sunday night. That's a blessing. But look here, it says, it says at the ninth hour. I thought about that number nine. If you're a student of the Bible, you realize that number nine signifies the end of something. Read the Bible. Every number, every number, every number counts. Every, every color counts. Every place counts. Every name of, of, of person counts. Everything counts in the Bible. So you study those numbers. Number nine means the end. It always signifies the end of something. Uh, and if you realize, if you, if you remember, it was at the ninth hour when the Lord Jesus Christ was on the cross and he cried, it is finished. The ninth hour. Amen. And here's this man who's found himself at the, date, at the gate called Beautiful at the temple, and it's the ninth hour. He's fixing to find the end of his suffering, amen, in his life. Amen. So I want you to notice here, number one, write this down. Verse number four, I want you to notice Peter and John and their observation. Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Uh, fastening his eyes, that word fasting means to look on intently or to study. Listen, this man had a serious defect. He, had, he, was, he was lame from his mother's womb. You know what that means to me and to you? That means that this man has never walked. Not once did he, did he walk and had an accident uh, like Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth was dropped by his uh, caregiver. Amen? That's the reason why he was lame on both feet. But this man was lame from his mother's womb. He's, he's never walked before. Never walked. So he has a serious defect. But he also has a sad dependence. How would it be if you had to depend on somebody else to pick you up and carry you to church? Amen? He says, right here, it says, he said, um, he said, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. I want to know who they are. What if they had slept in on that Sunday morning? What if they had forgot to go pick up the old boy and laid him at the, day, at, the, at the temple? What if they had forgot to go pick him up? What if they had said, it's not worth it, he's been, he's been, we've been laying him there for years, and he's always been asking, and he's been in the same condition. Nothing's ever changed for that old boy. One Sunday's not going to make a difference. I, I want to know who they, I, I'm glad for the days in my life. I'm glad there were some days in my life that, that picked me up when I needed help. Amen, that took me to the house of God, even though I didn't want to go. Amen, that told me, gave me an encouraging word, and told me that there was a Savior. Amen. I want to be a they. i tell you what we need. I know I'm not your pastor, but if I was, I'd tell you this. We need a church full of they's. We need a church full of they's that don't mind not getting their name mentioned in the book. These, there's no names in here. It just says they, whom they, whom they laid daily. We're left to assume who they are. But I, I, I appreciate who they were, and I appreciate what they did, because if it hadn't been for they, this man would have never been healed. 
could have still been laying there today. Amen. Amen. So he had a serious defect, sad dependence. Was, well, his welfare depended on the charity of others. But he had one sole desire. And I believe that was this. I believe he just wanted to be able to make it one more day. Make it one more day. Just a few cents for a piece of bread. Amen. What a sad case that he was. Every day, every day his only hope for tomorrow was in the, in the charity and the love of they. Somebody else put his hope and trust in. I'm glad, listen, I had a ninth hour in my life, and I'm glad I, I'm glad I had some, some days in my life. He wasn't, wasn't afraid to tell me the truth. Amen. Wasn't going to tickle my eardrums. It would, wasn't afraid to tell me, uh, listen, that I was li- wasn't living right and wasn't doing right and I needed Jesus. Listen, listen, we ought not to be afraid of this world. Listen, we have the truth in our hands. Amen. That's what Peter and Jay said, silver and gold have I none, and such as I have. That's what I want to give you. We're indebted to people who are lost and undone without God. Listen, listen, we had, when we were born, we had a serious defect. Amen. We was born in the image of Adam. Every one of us in here born sinners. Born with sinful flesh. Born on our way to hell. Amen. We had a serious defect. And we had a, listen, it was a sad dependence, but we all, we all in our heart, and I believe everybody in here, there's a place in your heart that's made just for the Lord Jesus Christ. And our sole desire, listen, even though a lot of folks are out there looking for something, I believe they're all looking for the same thing. Amen? I believe we were. So they, they made an observation, fastened their eyes, and I believe that's the way you and I ought to look at this world. Listen, we go to Walmart, or we go to Kmart, or we go wherever we go, school or work. Listen, we know, we know folks, good chance they're probably not even saved. They don't go to church. Y'all talked about this turkey shoot, you know, Hundreds of men out there, probably women too. You know they don't go to church, probably not saved. We ought to fasten our eyes on them. And say, such as I have, give I thee. Amen. That's what we ought to do. Make the observation. But many times, sadly, what we do in our life is we, we, we turn, we turn a, a blind eye to it. We know it's there. We know they're there. But we turn our heads and we say, I'm going to heaven. My family's saved. Amen. As long as I'm in and my, my four or more, listen, I don't care about nobody else. Listen, we ought not to turn our heads at people dying and going to hell because Jesus died for all of them. Amen. He died for all of them. Secondly, number two, <clears throat> look at verse four at the end of that verse. You see their opportunity. He said, look on us. He said, look on us. Now realize, Peter has preached and 3,000 souls got saved just a few days before. And every time he stood up and every time they've had meeting. There's folks come to the altar and get saved. Amen. That gets contagious. That gets to where if something like that happens every time you meet together, you want it to happen every single time. You want it again and again and again. And he sees this old man sitting right there at the gate, and in his mind he's thinking, I can help that boy. I've got something that will help him. Amen. He doesn't doesn't turn his nose up like a lot of Baptists do and say, I'm not going to talk to him. He probably ain't took a bath in a few days. He probably just going to want money. Hey, that's right. That's, uh, don't, hey, John, let's go around this way. Let's go to the back door and the side door. We don't have to go, go by this old man. He's just going to be asking for money. <laughs> but the Bible says they fastened their, his eyes on him. Fastened his eyes on him. Peter knew the power of God. Peter knew the grace of God. Peter knew that 
Listen, even when he failed the Lord, the Lord never failed him. He realized that this, this old boy laying there could benefit from what Peter had to offer. Amen. This world in which we live, they could benefit from the things that we have, the things that we know. Amen. You don't have to know a whole lot about this Word of God to know that it's good and to know to help people. Amen. If you're saved, like I said, you've got enough gospel to save the whole world. The difference between maybe Peter and us is that Peter was ready. I believe he was prayed up. As a matter of fact, he was going, he was going to prayer, prayer meeting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. The time of prayer. He was prayed up. He was prepared. You know the reason why we don't? We don't fasten our eyes on those lost folks. We don't fasten our eyes on those people we know that need the gospel that need the Lord Jesus Christ, that need church. You know why we don't fasten our eyes and, make the, and take the opportunity that we have? Because we're not ready to. We're not prepared. I used to, I used to teach Sunday school class in a church down in Habersham. And a uh, preacher would preach. And I'd sit back about a third, third or fourth row from the back. I was, I was a regular old Baptist. You know, get close to the back as you can. And... The preacher would preach, and this is what he would do at the end of the service. My wife would vouch for this because she, she knows exactly what I'm fixing to say. But he'd come out, he'd, the service would be over, and he'd have everybody, everybody stand, and he'd walk down the aisle. And what he's doing is he's looking for somebody to close out in prayer. And he wouldn't ever see me because I'd be under the pew by the time he got back to where I was at. <laughs> she'll tell you that. I didn't want to pray. Not that I, not, now don't get me wrong, not that I think, well, he's going to call on me because of who I am. I just didn't want him to see me, period. I didn't want there to be a chance that that man would call on me. Amen. I didn't want to pray. You know why? Because I wasn't ready to pray. I wasn't ready to pray. You said, I thought you were a Sunday school teacher. I was. I wasn't ready to pray. And I'll tell you the reason why. It's because I had it all backwards. I was afraid when I started to pray that I'd be praying for everybody else. Y'all ever done that? I mean, be honest tonight. Preacher asks you to pray, close in prayer, and you think, oh, Lord, everybody's going to hear me pray. Can I tell you something tonight? You're not praying for everybody else's benefit. Amen. We ought to be prepared to pray at any time. You never know when you walk into the hospital. You see, so you peek in somebody's room and see somebody that you know. Hey, listen, you might have to step in there and say a little word of prayer with that man or that woman. You might be at your workplace and somebody come in and say, I need you, I need you to pray for me. I know you go to church. You go down to Old Savannah, don't you? Yeah. But I'm, I've, got a, I've had a rough time. We, we've lost everything we have. House burnt down last night. Can you pray for me? You say, I, it never happened. Oh, yeah. What about riding down the side of the road, riding down the highway, and somebody, somebody T-bone somebody in front of you? I've seen that happen. You going to drive on by, or you going to hop out of the car and go see if you can't pray over somebody that might be fixing to die? You say, that's far-fetched. I don't think so. Point is, tonight, Peter was ready. He was prepared. And that's exactly what you and I We're going to take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us, which are many. God gives you and I many opportunities to share 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tell somebody about him. I remember Bobby was talking about your grandpa, how he'd take that glass of water, them boys that was mowing the grass. Take the opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. That's what we all be doing. Take that opportunity. Verse number 6, you see their obligation. Verse number 6, he says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He said, Such as I have give I thee. See, what Peter, what he had was more precious than silver or gold. You see, this world puts, puts a lot of stock in, uh, in money, in, in financial things, silver, gold, uh, stock, and all these things. Uh, they think that the more money they can amass, the better off they are. Listen, you can, you can be a billionaire and die and go to hell. Amen. There's a lot worse things. Listen, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold, like the old song says. And we ought to be singing that song to this world. What they had was more precious than silver or gold. Romans 1 and verse 14 says, Paul said this, he said, I am debtor to both Greeks and the barbarians. He said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. Amen. It's our duty to preach the gospel to every creature. Tell what God's done for me and you. Amen. Help lift people out of that situation that they're in. Verse 7. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. See, Peter took him by that hand and lifted him up. When everybody else was walking by, all the church folks walking by. Amen. Reminded of that old... uh, that, uh, that man that, was, uh, that, fell, that, that, that fell in the ditch there on his way down to Jericho, I believe it was. And the Levite came by and went, went by and the other one came by, but the Good Samaritan stopped. Amen. Cleaned him up. Poured oil on his wounds and wrapped him up. Amen. I'm glad for that Good Samaritan. We ought to be one. Amen. So it's our obligation as saved folk to offer what we have in Christ. Because there's so many outside the walls of this church that don't know. You say, well, they live in the Bible Belt. Yeah, they do. But you'll be surprised you ask folks, how do you go to heaven? How do you get to heaven? You'll get ten different answers. Even in the Bible Belt. Ten different answers. People don't know. People don't know. We've come in contact with some folks down in, down in Georgia. They didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't know what Genesis was. They didn't know that was a book of the Bible. No idea. We had some, some, some young kids we picked up on the bus, brought them to the church for Wednesday night. They never heard, they didn't, they, they never heard the Word of God. And we're sitting there trying to, uh, trying to uh, get, get, preach the gospel to them. They don't know what gospel is. We, we make assumptions a lot of times that The people around this church, even though because they live around this church, they know everything about the Lord. They know everything about the Bible. You'd be surprised at how much people, how little people know. It's our job, just like Peter and John here. It's our job to give them what we have. We have the truth. And listen, make it as simple as you can possibly make it. Don't go up to somebody and say, "Well, are you convicted?" Last time I checked, I ain't been in jail. People don't know what that means. We know what that means. We've been in church all our life. We know, we know, what, that, we know what conviction is. But you ask a sinner, the average sinner on the side of the street, what conviction is, he's going to be thinking about the court of law. 
He's going to be thinking about, yeah, a rap sheet. He's going to be thinking about going to jail. He's going to be thinking about a judge with a gavel. Well, you can use that. You say, well, it's sort of like that. Because when God convicts you, amen, he tells you you're guilty. You're guilty. And there's no man judge on this earth that can set you free. Amen. But there is a Savior in heaven. Amen. Took their opportunity because it was their obligation. Amen. But don't you look at verses 8 through 11 tonight and I'll be done. The last part of verse 17. Lift him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and announced the man never walked in his life. Walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew it was him. That's that old boy that lays by the, the gate. And they're all filled with wonder and amazement at what at that which had happened unto him. I don't know what your life was like before you got saved, but I wonder how did everybody else feel about it when you got saved. Have you had to explain things a lot deeper and a lot more in detail than you thought you might have to to some people? I knew you before. Before you, Are you sure you're saved? I knew who you were before. Amen. Listen. I, I'm glad God didn't leave me the way he found me. He changed my life. I said it this morning. You see, this man's overjoyed. He's got a new foundation. He's got a new friend. But I want you to notice something. I'm going to skip some of this right here. I want you to notice something here. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered within the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. A man that's never walked before in his life was lame from his mother's womb. I want you to notice what his first instinct was. He said, walking and leaping. Praising God. You know, a good sign that you're saved is that when the Holy Ghost moves in or they start singing about the blood or somebody says the name Jesus or somebody stands up and testifies that they're saved or somebody, listen, something inside you urges you to raise your hand and praise God yourself. Amen. If you've never had the inkling or the urge in your heart to raise your hands and praise God, you'd be hard-pressed to convince me that you're saved. Amen. So, well, I mean, I, I, I get embarrassed raising my hands. That's, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about in your heart. Is there an urge or is there a pull in your heart that, that causes you to want to praise God for what he's done for you? Amen. I'm not talking about running up down the aisles and swinging from the chandeliers. I'm talking about in your heart. You know your heart. You know, when, you know when the Holy Ghost starts moving, when they sing out those songs or when somebody testifies, you know how you feel inside your heart. If there's never been anything there, that's what I'm talking about. This man, when, they, when, they, when he received the strength of his ankle bones, the Bible says, he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping, and his first instinct was to praise God. Amen. Praising God. Amen. And also notice too, they didn't have to beg him to go to church. 
He said, I'm going with you fellas. <laughs> he said, he, he, leaping up, stood, and, and, he, and, he, and he, the Bible says that he entered with them into the temple. They didn't have to beg him to go to church. He left that condition that he was in. Brother, I believe he left, I believe he left that old alms cup. For the next fellow to come along. I'll leave that cup because I know God's going to take care of me from now on. Amen. You think about the woman at the well. The Bible specifically says that she left her water pot. This man left his alms cup. What did you leave behind? That you don't have to go back. You never find, listen, Brother Matt, you'll never find the Word of God where this man ever had to be carried again, where, he ever, where he's ever found at the gate again. Listen, he was, as far as I know, he stayed true and faithful to God. He stayed with them men of God. Amen. And he just went praising God on the new legs that the Lord gave him. What are we going to do with your new legs? What are you going to do with the new legs God gave you? Amen. I, I, I appreciate this church. I really do. I love every one of y'all. I've loved being able to come preach to y'all. But more than that, I love the fact that y'all care and you want to do something with the new legs God gives you. You want to do something for this community. You want to do things like that turkey shoe. You want to do things that's going to draw people in. You want to do things that will bring people uh, to, 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 to where you are that you might not ever get a chance to speak to. And I mentioned this in Sunday school this morning. Those people that you might not ever get a chance to speak to, those people have people that they speak to. Those people have people that they speak to. It's just a chain of events that could happen just by the faithfulness of one or two or three. I'll say this and I'll be done. I think it was D.L. Moody. Someone said of him, I mean, he turned, turned this world upside down for Christ. From one hemisphere to the other. They said this, he says, the world has yet to see what God can do with one man who's completely sold out to God. I'm talking about one man. The world has yet to see what one man, or what God can do with one man. What about one church? I'm going to tell you something tonight. This has blessed my heart to see this many people back on Sunday night. But it ain't like this everywhere. It's a blessing in my heart to see as many young people y'all got. Now, I'm talking about not just young, young. I'm talking about old, young. From 15 to 20 range. It ain't like that everywhere. Peter and John was ready. This man was at the right place, looking for the wrong things. <clears throat> but he left that right place with the right thing. Amen. Listen, you may bring folks in here, you might invite them to come, and they may show up. They may come for the wrong, th- wrong things. They may come for the wrong reasons. They may come. Let's just be honest tonight. You might find somebody that down on their luck, and they need some money. Nothing wrong with that. They may come 
so that they might receive something. That's what the Bible says of this man. He said he, he put his hand out because he thought he was going to receive something. They're going to give me some money. They stopped. Everybody else is walking by. <laughs> they stopped and they look on us and he's put his hand out. Those folks that you bring in here that need a Savior, listen, I pray that God will give them what they're not looking for. Amen. I didn't come to church that night looking for Jesus. I thought I already had him. Let's just be honest. I thought I already, I thought I already had him. I thought I had this thing figured out. The Holy Ghost coming come knocking on my heart's door. Amen. Ringing my neck. I thought I was going to die sitting back here in the back. I wasn't looking for that. But he came looking for me. Amen. That old man at the pool called Bethesda. He was looking for the water to be troubled so that he got looking for somebody to put him in it. Jesus came looking for him. He got what he wasn't looking for. Amen. Listen, God can do exceeding abundant above all we ask or think. You think about that verse, we like to quote that verse. But you think about exactly what it says. You think of something that you can ask. I know it's coming up Christmas time and my my children, they're thinking of things they can ask for. I don't know if I can provide exceedingly abundantly of all they ask or think. But, but you think of something you can ask or you can ask for. God says, I can, I can do exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask for. But then it goes on not only to say what you can ask, that means you can actually formulate in your mind a question and ask it. It goes in on to say or think. In other words, not only if you can ask it, I can go exceedingly above, above all you ask, but I can go exceedingly abundantly above all you can think of. That's the God we serve. You really think God's up in heaven waiting on us to ask for just the right thing. You ever thought God could do something? You got lost loved ones. I know I do. You got situations in your family. You got situations at work. You got situations in school. You got things you're going through. You ever just sat and just thought, God, if you could do this. God says, I can do exceedingly above all you ask or think. I can do better than you can ask. I can do better than you can think. There's not a dream that you've had that's better than what I can do. Amen. As we stand tonight, this Martha, someone went to Canada. He's at the right place looking for the wrong things. I wonder tonight. You're here. I wonder. First of all, I wonder if you're saved. I wonder if you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. You say, I know I'm saved. Well, let me ask you this. I wonder if you're ready to meet Him. It's one thing to be ready in salvation and know you're going to heaven. It's quite another thing to be ready to meet Him. So I as she plays or sings tonight, 
Let's pray and then this altar be open. You come and pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you, uh, Lord, for the liberty that you've given me tonight, God. I thank you for these folks. I pray, Lord, that uh, in the invitation minute, in just a minute, God, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch every heart. God, if there's one here that's, that's lost and undone, they don't know you. They, they, they've never been saved. I pray, God, that you'd touch their heart right now, convict their heart, let them know, God, that there is a Savior that's available. There is grace. And I pray, Lord, that you'd bring them this altar of repentance, God, that they might be saved. God, maybe some Christian here that's out of your will. Maybe they have backslid on you. Maybe they're not as close as they once were. God, we understand that if there's ever been a time that we were closer than we are right now, then we're backslid on you. Help us to realize that tonight, God, that we can draw up closer to you. We know that you said, you draw nigh to you, you'll draw nigh to us. Pray, God, that you'd help us tonight to realize the most important thing in our life as your child is fellowship with you. God, help us, Father Lord, to go out in this community and do what you'd have us to do. God, help us to be ready, prepared. Help us to fasten our eyes on those that need you. God, help us not to cull anybody. God, help us not to uh, put eyes of judgment on people, but just to uh, put eyes of compassion and love on people who need the Savior. God, you know the Bible says that you save whom you will. It's not our job to save them, it's your job. Pray, God, that you'd help us to take the gospel to this lost and dying world. God, we love you. We thank you for this church. Thank you for what they stand on. Thank you, God, for what they've done and what they are doing. I pray, God, that you'd help us to renew that vision every day of our life. Know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, God. Lord, we know that you're able to do and fill this church to capacity. God, for your glory and your honor, I pray tonight that you'd help us all to realize it's all about you. Not about us, not about numbers, but it's about you. It's about the gospel, God. Help us in the invitation tonight. Jesus' name, amen. As she sings tonight, if you want to come pray, maybe you want to come pray for the church. You may be down and feel like God has somehow forgotten. You are faced with circumstances that you can't get through. And right now it seems that there's no way out. And you're going under But God's proven time And time again That He'll take care of you And He'll do it again He'll do it again If you'll just look at where you are now and where you have been hasn't he always come through for you he's the same now as then oh you may not know how you may not know when but he'll do it again God knows the things the 
what you're going through. He knows how you're hurting. You see, he knows just how your heart has been broken into. He's the God of the sun, stars and the sea, and he is your father. And he can come storms that you have and fix it for you and you'll do it again he'll do it again if you just look at where you are now and where you have been hasn't he always come through Oh, you may not know how, you may not know when, but he'll do it again. Oh, you may.